Once upon a time, there was a smart young girl Woman. named Santi who went to an Ivy League school. She grew up and moved to Brooklyn where she started posting every day on the internet with a liberal feminist bent. But I took her away from all that and now she works for me. I do not work for you. My name is Andrew and this is We Got Issues. We've got issues with Xanthi uh, and Andrew. Well, um, I feel like I should get to say my own name, Xanthi. And Andrew. Yeah. Um, and so here was funny. We're actually doing this podcast out here in Connecticut, and we just did well, that. what Andrew referred to last time, in case you didn't catch it, as fancy Connecticut. Fancy Connecticut, stately boy. He obviously hasn't been to Brooklyn recently. Yes, and uh, so we got all about twenty minutes through the uh, podcast, and then my dog, who Haley, <laughs> just said like, I, "I'm not not going to not be on this podcast too," and just started growling and whining. And yeah, we didn't know that. We didn't think that was really herming. the direction that we were going. We didn't really mean it to be like a pet podcast. And uh, actually, yeah, if this I'm sure were, there are some very successful pet. Podcast. If this were a pet cat podcast, like we'd probably win a, a really you know, <laughs> we would prizes win, we for would that. Win an award. <laughs> but since that's not really what we, and then and then uh, and then I think I kicked the dog. And then, <laughs> and then said, "Did you just kick the dog?" And and uh, we're doing a we're doing a podcast already on sort of abuse and yeah, sexual really. now you all know, harassment. Now you all know what kind of person Andrew really is. And she's is. like, "And you kicked the dog." His own dog. I didn't kick her hard, but yeah. it was it was enough to make us say, "All right, anyway. time so we're to, starting." So we're starting time over. Time to stop and go to our safe place. Yes. <laughs> so we, so now we're dog free, and we uh, we're getting going again, and we, we wanted to uh, say how we're having, how we really loved all the feedback we got on episode one. So keep it coming, please. Yeah. I just, I, you know what, I can't stop thinking about the fact that, you know, when you watch a TV show, like when they want to show like a guy's a really bad person, he kicks like a he dog. kicks a dog. It's literally the trope. It's like a TV trope. Right. Well, I didn't, I it wasn't a hard. I guess you just rely on me to it say was, that Andrew, that was uncharacteristic behavior. It was, it wasn't a hard kick. Wait, dad, you kicked a dog? No, I didn't really kick the dog. I nudged it with my feet. That, that sounds really bad. All right, I'm a so terrible person. We're going to dive right in here. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're back. And uh, last week, uh, or two weeks ago almost, uh, we talked about the Weinstein story, and it had just come out. Yeah, and, and I want to point out that when we were talking about, you know, what should we discuss this week, Andrew said, oh, we're going to be way past the Weinstein story. Yeah. We're going to be way past it. It'll be played out. And yeah. so I don't think that was right. Well, it is it is funny because I, I really did think it was going to be over. First of all, I was happy moving on because I felt like I won that podcast. <laughs> because, I don't know. Because Andrew. I was like, Weinstein's a terrible person. And Xanthi's like, well, we'll see. Oh, maybe whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, maybe Meryl Streep won't come out. We'll just have to see. And okay. I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, no. This guy, he's about as terrible as. So, yes. I mean, not, I think we have to. I, I equivocated a little yeah. bizarrely last time. But, you know, to be fair, we were talking about it like two hours after the story broke. Yeah. So we practically broke so. that story, you know. And um, he did kind of apologize at the time, yeah, which right. now we realize was right. useless and totally beside the point. Um, so, yeah, I got to eat crow That's on that a little bit. And there are no winners and losers in podcasts. Oh, well, yeah. I think you're the one who made we're, that the standard we're, here. We're all winners here. <laughs> We've got and issues. I'm going to win this time. Um, yeah, I think you probably will. Um, <laughs> we're and, not competitive. And the reason I think you probably will is because we're not moving on right away from the Weinstein story. Yes. Because it is um it's taken over has taken over social media in a way um that it's i guess there are other issues that are like this where you sort of see them but usually like it's like one or two no i mean two in or three today's days. news environment for this still to be something we're talking about a week a whole week right. and a half later 
is bizarrely kind of extraordinary. Uh, we've, we, we're still talking about it in a way that we're not even talking about Las Vegas anymore. We're not talking about the wildfires that just, the horrible wildfires right. that just raged through California. Um, yeah, so the question really, I think, that we wanted to get to is why? Why, ha, why is this a story that social media cannot let go of? And, and I think, um, well, I think there's two good reasons for that. I think one is um, because it's like a, a really sort of serious problem that everybody can relate to, which yeah. we'll talk about the Me Too thing. Yeah. I think there's another part of it is that, and I think we saw this where somehow everybody seems to be able to find this place where we can all disagree on something about this and <laughs> and fight over it. And and we saw this with the um, first like Donna Koran and, and then um, I can't never say Oh, Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik right, was the Blossom, the, the Blossom actress. Who was the, you know... Um, who wrote a piece, she wrote an op-ed in the New York yeah. Times. And actually a lot of different celebrities have done this. I mean, but but there there you had this now new divide that I'd never even really realized was a thing between sort of women who are may, maybe are attractive and think, you know, and, and, and or, or have, you know, and think that that's really important to them and the others who say like, you know what, I don't play that game. I don't play the... Right, so that, was my, so that was my Bialik's point was she said, you know, I... Um, she said, I'm not cute. I've never played the sexy game and, um, it's never happened to me. And it's funny because I actually liked her piece when I read it initially and I posted it online and I got a ton of pushback from people who said she's victim blaming. Don't you see? She's saying if you dress provocatively, then you in some way deserve what happens to you. And it's funny because I, I guess I didn't really see that, uh, initially. Um, but I, I and, and, and it actually, for me, what I ask is like, well, I, I get that point, but also I like I kind of wish we'd moved on past that, which is to say, yeah, you're absolutely right that like when we talk about the way that women dress, um, and you actually whenever you try to make a point like this, you, I, I always find like I have to write a paragraph saying, here are the things that I'm not saying. Sure, caveat, right? caveat, right. caveat, so caveat, caveat, caveat. like so I'm not saying that the that women, women who are, are who are right. who are victims are it depend you know that they're blamed because it's because of the way they dress. However. You know, and, and so you have to do all these things. So what's your conflict then? So well then, the, well, then the, the conflict is that actually I think, um, and I'm seeing this now because I have a daughter, right? And even, by the way, saying I'm a, I have a daughter is not a lot of <laughs> Yeah, you get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> because you're like, oh, you have a daughter. Like, you understand. You have well, to have a daughter to but understand I, that women are human beings, but I, Andrew. Right, right. God. But I do have a daughter. And, um, and, you know, so then you start to see this, you know, her friends, and she's right at that age where some of her friends are starting to dress provocatively and so forth. Right. And you... They're experimenting. And, and they're experimenting. And you... And you see them and you, you essentially alarm bells go off in your head mm-hmm. as a male being like, oh my, oh my God. But you know what's so funny, Andrew, is like, I'm a mom. Obviously, I'm not a dad. Mm-hmm. I also have um, teenage or almost teenage daughters. And when I see girls dressed that way, alarm bells also go off in my head. Right. But they're different a little bit because I'm not worried that I'm going to be perceived as a threat to them in any way. But I worry about the men who... I can't, you know, I can't protect them from. Right. And I see certain kinds of outfits, and I, I mean, if I'm being totally honest, like, I really do worry, you know, what would happen if I sent my daughter out on the street wearing those clothes? And I'm sorry, like, there are a lot of mothers feel this way. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, it's really challenging for us now, because what do we say? Do we tell them, no, you can't wear that? 
um, which is what people would have said in the old days, right? Like, you can't leave the house wearing right, that. Right. But now there's this extra layer, which is we don't want to shame them. You're not, you're we don't want, or, we yeah. don't want to make them feel like they're the ones who are responsible if something right. happens to right. them. But I'm still their mom, right. and I still want them to be right. safe. It's a really weird balancing act. It, it is. And, 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 I, and I think it has a lot to do with, like, what happened in the 70s and the 80s. I think it has a lot to do with this battle that women had to fight to um, to get us past the idea that okay, what you wear matters, and um, yeah, and no, that, I mean women should have the ideas. Women should have the freedom to wear whatever they want to wear, right? right. And consequences be damned. Like right. the consequences are not their fault. I think you have a very tough time uh, taking sort of a fifty or sixty year old woman who lived through that mm-hmm. and start to say, hey, we should think seriously about um, the messages that people you know women yeah. when, they, when they think yeah. um and um That's and then i think tricky. probably millennials think about it probably in a different way right which i wonder is, if they think about it at all <laughs> or uh, right which is, i mean i think you know millennials we have like men wearing dresses and right you know well, whole, it's a whole different thing the whole thing about slut shaming um, was such an interesting thing because that really only came out maybe about 15 years ago like yeah. i feel like that's a new feminist it idea. is it is but it's an offshoot i mean it's it's the same idea right which is like it's not the woman's fault. It's right. never the woman's fault. How dare you ever, 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 ever. And it's a reaction to, honestly, decades, right. maybe centuries, maybe millennia of it always being the woman's right. fault. So honestly, like in terms of figuring this out, we're really just beginning. But we're it, really just beginning because it's been the woman's fault forever. But it's it's strange, too, because I think if you think about it, like the the older feminists were sort of like, we are not to be objectified. Do not objectify us. Yeah. And that the younger feminists are saying, we have a right to be objectified. Well, we can, if we choose yeah. to be. And if we, if we want to objectify ourselves, we have we a right to be sexy if we want to be sexy. And but that, that doesn't give you the right to is, treat us like we're disposable garbage. Well, that's right. But I think that the problem <laughs> or, is, or that we're only here, or that, that we're only sexy for your benefit. Yeah. But the, the thing about being sexy is that it evokes a male response. It's tricky. It's really tricky. So anyway, so that's um, that was kind of that issue. Well, I was I wanted to ask you, Andrew, about this whole Me Too thing from your yeah. perspective as a man. Um, so, you know, there's this uh, online... I mean, if, there's, if you haven't heard about this, congratulations. It means that you have an actual life and that you're not spending too much time online. But, you know, there's this thing on social media now where women are writing Me Too if they've ever considered themselves to have ever been the victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment. Um, and, I mean, I certainly Alyssa have my Alyssa Milano own. is the uh, right. person who started Did she this. really? Yeah, oh, I didn't Alyssa know Milano. that. Okay. Um, who's the boss? Yes. Um, I had my own reactions to it, but I wanted to start with what, what it made you feel as a, as a man who I also know spends a lot of time on Facebook. Yeah, I do sometimes. <laughs> um, so here's the thing about Me Too, and, and I, think, I think Me Too, in a way... You know, the goal of Me Too, I think, was to kind of build awareness yes, of this sure. is a problem. And and I was kind and of... And to show the scale. And and I was thinking that in some ways it reminded me of the Ice Bucket Challenge, where which was another thing that I, I didn't really get to participate in because <laughs> nobody invited me to do the Ice Bucket Challenge, and yeah. I felt bad about that for a while. And and um, But that the idea that, that I think that it, it... A lot of women essentially... W- probably feel like they they wanted to 
contribute to that. And so then the, and then the question is, that's you know, tricky. Well, that's tricky, Andrew. Like, I don't know that any woman wishes that she was a victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment so that she could, I think you just need to clarify that. Cause I don't know. I don't think that's what you're saying, but, that's, saying that. but it I'm, it sounds like that's what you're I'm saying. I'm saying that everybody got on the me too bus and well, I didn't, but honestly, you didn't, I did right? not. And, and so if you don't get on the me too bus, yeah, you feel a little left out, you feel a little left out. Mm. And, but also, um, but also really lucky. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, it's kind of like not a bus you want to be on. It, it is not a bus you want right. to be on. Right, but... But, but if everyone you know is on the bus, um, it kind of feels funny, I have and to that, say. And then you also have... To, right, it's like, why not me? <laughs> like, why, okay, <laughs> well, that's what, what my MBL like, was right, getting at, right? right. Why, why didn't this happen to me? Um, but, and then I guess the, um, the other, you know, sort of question I guess you have is... Um, the, the, pro- man, the problem. Well, as a man, you kind of wonder like, well... What exactly is that bus? Like, sure. you know, there, that's got to be a, well, what, a what ticket did you need to a have? A broad <laughs> spectrum the from metaphor. people who encountered Harvey Weinstein and just had like the most horrible yeah. experience of their life and 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 you know it sort of ruined their lives and mm-hmm. it turned them off of whole industries and yeah. But and, what what other degrees right? are you saying? Or is it something that probably almost every woman experiences? Um, yes. In the workplace where. It's something that... Not just in the workplace, Andrew. In, in, in life. life. <laughs> and, and for sure... And I sort of said, you know, like, for example, if you said uh, to every man, have you been bullied, right? Um, I think you would say every man has been bullied. Every person. Not, every just, per- not just men. Every person. Is, yeah. It's part of human yeah. behavior. Yeah. And so there's no chance that you're going to go through life without experiencing bullying. And... Well, I so think is it's, the parallel that you can't go through life as a woman without experiencing some form of unwanted sexual attention? I think it is. That's true. Yeah, I don't think that... I think that's the point. <laughs> I think that is absolutely true. And I actually... I'm not surprised at that. No. I, I, think, I think it really is true because... Um, well, there are there yes. are there are are certain men who are going to be hyper aggressive and are going to like the really bad the really they're bad, going to go after the bad everyone actors, the really bad actors right and then there's a lot of other men who are in a gray area they're they just they haven't really learned nobody teaches you exactly like how as a, you as a boy as a boy like okay, how so do really I how do I um, you know What's the ask this girl way for me to girl out on a girl? date and you know or, or how do I start to I'm interested in this girl. How do I, do, do I not stare at her? I mean, obviously the stare? truth is there's no, it's very tricky because these kind of questions, people are always trying to teach them with rules, you know, like in colleges now they're like teaching them these rules about consent. Right. consent. Like you have to say yes when you take off someone's shirt, you have to say right. yes when you take off someone's, you know, when you ask if you can take off someone's pants, you have to, and people right. mock it because the truth is the rules are well-intentioned, but it's very difficult to do it with rules because the truth is human sexuality is actually a very complicated, right. very fluid area. And, you know, you can't always talk about rules, but does that mean you shouldn't try to teach young people? And I think, you know, the younger the better, honestly, right. um, maybe especially with boys, about what is appropriate sexual attention and what is inappropriate because not all sexual attention is inappropriate. It isn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't succeed as a right. human. We it, wouldn't continue as a human species. Right. Um, so, so I think that's that's right. And I think, uh, and so then, that, of course, that gives you to the to the kind of the deep question that that the men who are watching this. I think men who are watching this have one of probably two or three reactions. Like one is like they're shutting down and they're just being like, Enough okay, I'm just gonna like close my eyes and yes. sigh to myself and just wait for this thing to end. Right. I hope it does. Right. You know, like because. 
I can't. Some some men are actually. Um, what is that called? Where you um, you get you, you sort of positive reinforcement by like um, can't you know where you you sort of. <laughs> I can't, I can't help you. I can't remember what that's called, but basically, some men are coming in and being like, "Well, I'm here to listen, and I'm listening, and I'm really, I'm, but I'm not going to contribute because I don't feel right, that's my right, place." Right. And I would just are, say that's a, like a that's a response that makes sense to me. Right. Well, it's like as an ally, yes. this is what I do yes. as an ally. Right. And at some level, Wait, and what's the third response? There's I don't know. Um, and then I think there's some men who are trying to actually work it out, right? Like they're trying to say, um, "What do I do?" Well, I think they're trying to say, "Well, first of all." Am I am I a cause of one of those me too's? I like mean, that's what I would be wondering if I were a guy. Did right. I have I been someone's right. me too? Right. I don't know. And, like and, I would be pretty worried about that. And so I think, and I actually saw one guy, which I really respected, but um, who sort of said like, "Yeah, I actually did this. I made a woman feel uncomfortable." Um, and he created a hashtag Me Too Never Again, like which is like, but I'm not. I've right. learned from that. And I, so and owning I, owning his potential responsibility. And and. Well, that's I th- great. I think that was interesting to me because that said, okay, here is one person for whom this actually created some kind of a benefit. Yeah. Um, but I think for the vast amount of people who are engaging in the Me Too thing, yeah. it it actually it's not nuanced enough to, to get anywhere. And I think it, um, it's a funny, re- it's a, it's an interesting response. Cause the question is really for me, like what's it going to lead to? Right. What's the, and this is always true with social media campaigns. And sometimes they really lead to something. Virtue signaling. That's what it's called. It's called oh, okay. virtue signaling okay. where you're like, Oh, I'm an ally. Right. So now but I'm signaling like, that I'm virtuous. Are enough men going to either be sympathetic or take responsibility or change their behavior? And I guess we don't know. We can't possibly answer that question yeah. in our little podcast here, but um, that's that's certainly what people are hoping for, right? I don't think they're just hoping to make men feel ashamed. I think there's got to be more than that. Is there um, is there sort of a post Me Too? Do you think like like once we've done the Me Too thing and we say okay, this well, is this a is our chance, Andrew. This we is a to, pre- we get to move it, it in that do direction. Do you think that there's a that there would be a better way to have done like or like? I mean, I think the whole point with social media stuff is it doesn't happen in a in a directed fashion, right? It yeah. just there could have been a million other things that people tried and this was the one that took off. And I think, you know, for me, the most meaningful stories were, were actually the ones were as horrible as it was to hear where people gave details of what it was that happened to them. And either they gave it online or I've spoken to women, friends of mine in the weeks since the Weinstein thing, and they have told me their stories. Um, And sometimes I think you need that like shock value of hearing, you know, that someone's friend's father stuck his hands down her pants when she was I know see you having a very yeah. violent no, reaction to that or like a friend of mine who was on a train and a man did that to her right in a very rough and aggressive way you know there's no way that you could have argued that either of those people asked for that to happen no, and I think not. that the problem with me too is I understand that it preserves people's privacy and you can never ask people to share these stories if they don't want to but I think men need to be shocked like I really think that men would be shocked um, and it wouldn't be so easy but to write it off I have to say I wasn't, what the details were. I wasn't shocked. There was nothing it, it, to me. Oh, no, that's not true. You just were shocked when I said that about my friend. Oh, I was shocked about that. I'm shocked about this actual story. I wasn't shocked that every woman had a story. Okay. I actually think that's something we all know. Right? But listen, as a man who presumably has like moved around in a world of men in a way that I never have, um, like, is this something that men talk about with each other? Do they say, I mean... I did this to this woman? Of course not. But you must know a million guys who've done this. Like, you get that, right? Uh, I think you would have to... Maybe um, 
you look, I, I could see situations where men said, like, hey, I have this problem, and they talk to their best friend right. and say, like, hey, this woman's accusing me of this. And I, but like, nobody, it's just sort of like, do people get divorced? And like nobody's being like, here's why we got divorced because I was cheating mm, I on her. Know. And women, this was women, you know, like, talk, women talk about that stuff. Yeah, that actually I, the women all know why they got divorced. Yeah, and their friends all know too. So maybe it's just a difference in what men I, and women tell each other. I have I have like I have like ten male friends who've got divorced, and I only kind of know why one of them got divorced. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I I would know all ten. And, and or the, maybe and, nine nine out of ten. And the ones I know, it's like it's because it was her fault. But the ones I don't know, right. Were probably his fault. <laughs> well, so maybe that's it. It's a question of culpability. Um, um, in any case, uh, so I think you know we're not going to solve this. It'll be interesting to see where the Me Too thing goes. Uh, but um, so so we were I... talking earlier about this idea of sexual harassment, and you made a point that I thought was really interesting, where you said that um, you know, it's not about the sex that people have argued. It's not about the sex. It's about the power. Well, I, I got in a fight with one of your, with one of your listeners or one of your, one of your <laughs> readers, which I, I always do. And I, and now I feel like I have a duty to get into fights with people on right Facebook because I used to just be like, I'm not going to jump in on that. But now I feel like, well, I'm doing a podcast, so I have to get in you there. Have and, a reputation and, to I have to engage. So, um, so yeah, well, and she said, you know, and she's just said something which we've heard a million times, which I think is very, so I don't blame her because, but basically she sort of said, and it's, and it's not about, of course, it's not about the sex. It's about the power right. and, uh, and control. And, and she was actually talking, I think about first like harassment and yeah. then, yeah. um, but clearly that's something but why that, did came, that rub you the wrong it way? came from rape, right? Where we said rape is not about sure. sex. It's about power and control. And then now that's drifted down to assault and harassment. Yeah. And here's why that rubs me the wrong way. So to speak. I, I guess you want to make that joke? <laughs> Listen, we live in an equal uh, opportunity, bad joke world. Okay. No. Uh, here's why that, here's why that rubs, upsets you. That's why that, why I don't like it when people rub me the wrong way, <laughs> is that um, I think um, that um, the, that idea of sort of, all, all, first of all, I think it's unintuitive and reductive, which is to say, um, it basically doesn't. It just kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't to, allow for the importance of sex or sexuality in that interaction. It, it just, it, it's even more that it like, like I think, for example, like in some situations it is about power. Like I think in Harvey Weinstein, it's always, was always right. about power. Sure. Or like I think in homosexual rape in prison, that's all about power. Sure. Like this is about humiliating well, a, yes another no, person. but yeah, I don't want to talk about that. 90%, whatever. It's about the achievement. It's about sexual gratification, but through power. Okay. okay. Right. Um, but there's a but here. But I think that there's a lot of other things, particularly as you go down the scale from rape down to like sexual harassment, uh-huh. where it's not necessary. So was, now we get down to the point of intention, right? Right. Which is, which is when you, this is what, this is where men and women just don't see eye to eye, which is that, um, or I shouldn't even say men and women, where I should say the people who perpetrate and the people who are the victims of it. That, you know, the perpetrator's defense always is, I didn't mean it that way. Um, except for rape, okay? Like, you know, real, like, yeah. stranger in the dark kind of rape. Um, always, in every other scenario, the defense is always, I didn't, that's not what I intended. Yeah. And the victims always say, it doesn't matter what you intended because right. it made me feel violated. So Right? So, so even if I, you didn't, you know, even if the perpetrator does something that they perceive right. as inoffensive, if it's offensive to the person who receives it, there's a problem there. Right. So, and I think we completely agree on that. 
so so here's the interesting thing though if that's true right mm-hmm. i i think you can that those things can both be true that you can have situations where men don't intend to do it yeah and then you can have situations where and then it it doesn't matter to, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter and mm-hmm. i agree it doesn't matter yeah but then the question is like well if you want to change that behavior or if you want to teach men not to do yeah. that yeah right then intent does start to matter because sure um the way that you deal with somebody who is a bully, right, and teaching, you know, people not to become Harvey Weinstein. Which they start now, like in pre-K, right? right? Like they talk about bullying right. very early on, which was not the case when we were growing and, up. And and that is different than telling people like, you know what, when you're starting to have sexual thoughts um, or thoughts that have involved sex or mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. make people uncomfortable, like you need to not express those in a work environment. Right. And... Even though you may not be trying to bully someone, you need to be aware that yes. that this is not an appropriate place. Sure. And, sure. and but I mean, you know, the other thing, Andrew, is that there's 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 power and there's power. And I think the other thing that men don't always understand is that they hold the power even in situations where you might not think that they do. But I think a lot of men would disagree with that, or uh, or well, feel like that's that's some men think that that's changing, and then I think others. You know, well, so we talk yeah, about... and I don't want to imply that women are always powerless. Like, that's that's obviously not what I'm saying either. Um, I'm just saying that in a sexual dynamic, often the men hold power in a way... And I have an example of that, actually, uh-huh. uh, which uh, yeah, go ahead and I t- can and, tell you. And tell us. Um, so when I was in college, I became aware that, um, you know, we, we had these small classes, and I became aware that one of the students in the class, who was a kind of devastatingly handsome guy... Yeah. Um, had propositioned our teacher. Right. Who, you know, we were probably 20. She was probably 30, 35. And she was adorable. She was really beautiful, really smart. Uh, I was a little in love with her, to be honest. She was really amazing. Um, But I suddenly discovered that one of my fellow students had written her, instead of a paper, an essay that was due, had essentially written her like a two-page long proposition where he had hit on her and said... I think that, you know, we should get together and I watch the way that you look in class and I think you're so gorgeous and let's take a picnic down to the river, et cetera, et cetera. It was a revelation for me. I was astonished that this happened and really I was disgusted as well because... It's it's very bold, right? It's not just bold, it's... um, Brazen. (laughs) We can come up with a lot of synonyms because we're good at that. Um, Here was a guy, he was a student... Right. So by any like objective measure, he did not have the power. Right. She had the power. She was the teacher. She could give him a grade. Right. right? People cared about their grades. Or she could take him to the dean and, and right. say, hey, and we him. need to have a conversation and we're going to suspend this kid. Right. 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 But she didn't because he was still there in class every week. So, um, you know, even though it looked like she had the power because he was a guy. Yeah. Um, I felt I felt at that time like that he had power. But over I, her and he abused it. So if you reverse that situation and and the woman was the student mm-hmm. and the man and she propositioned the male yeah. 30, 30 yeah. year old teacher and yeah. said and maybe she was doing it, you know, to get a good grade or maybe she was doing it because of attraction. But and I think that also happens all the time. Um, I don't know. Is that still that. sexual harassment? It's a it's a question. It's still inappropriate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that. I mean, I think, I think the point is that you can't I, bring sex into a place where it doesn't belong. Right. And that it doesn't belong I, in the classroom. It doesn't belong in the workplace. And and I think then what we should say then is that that, that means that this definition that, that sexual harassment is always about power 
is limiting. Because if you say... It's about uh, both. It because, has to be always about that, both. It has... Right. But it, it, it may just be about sort of inappropriate... Um, you know, sometimes it's about power, but sometimes it's about inappropriate expressions of sexual... I think that's increasingly thoughts. true. And I think that the only yeah. hope that we have is to try and teach our kids about it. Yeah. And the and the very funny thing is like... the And I think that there's sort of an old feminist, not maybe new feminists, but old feminists that are resistant to that because they remember how hard it was to get people to say... Yeah, I don't want to speak yeah. for other... I don't want to speak for what other people think. We know what we think. All right. Fair All enough. All right. So... All right. So that was, that was uh, our top issues. God, maybe... I kind of hope that we don't have to talk about Harvey Weinstein again. <laughs> if we're still talking about him next week, yeah, God help us. But all right, so um, now we're going to do my favorite bit, which is uh, not my tribe. We, if it's, I didn't think it was going to work, and then people liked it. All right. So this is this is the NPR style news quiz from the other side. This is about you. Uh, if you, you all you spent your week doing was reading about Harvey Weinstein on the New York Times. I was not reading Breitbart. You were not reading Breitbart. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what else is going on in the world from... The pers- All right. And they, by the way, did not... One out of 20 stories was on Harvey Weinstein on Breitbart. Interesting. They Interesting. did not get obsessed about Although, to this. be fair, the New York Times did also kind of move on and start covering maybe, maybe other, so. other news stories Just, we well. can't move on. Yeah. All okay. right. So, here we go. Top one. And so, we say, uh, you get... If you get a 60, I'll, I'll give you uh, a... Uh, a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You didn't make good on that last time. I'll pay for your. Uh, I don't think you got sixty last time. We'll see. So um, this week. Uh, so according to Breitbart, seventy-five percent of global religious persecutions globally yeah. are of what religion? Christians. Yeah, that's an easy. Yeah, that's one. a that's a gimme. Yeah, I'm gonna check that one off. That's okay, a, I'll check it. I'll check it. I got it here. Oh, good. All right. Okay. So so number two, uh, and this one I thought was interesting. Uh, so this, by the way, is they're talking about mostly Syria and Iraq. Which is to say, okay. this is where Christians are being okay. persecuted yeah, in got Syria. It. Right. Got it. Um, yeah, like, oh, who cares? Um, <laughs> it's just, just, trying to keep it just thousands of people. I think it's funny. Um, manufact- according to um, Breitbart, uh, a manufacturer recalled 11,000 of these. And um, I thought this was interesting because, well, do you know what it is? 11,000, big recall. Um, Front com- page. Condoms? No. Oh. Uh, they are kind of, I would bet for the right, like emblematic of the things that they hate. Um, and they're very one percent. I'm going to say condoms again. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, these are Teslas. They recall oh, 11,000 right. Teslas. Those stupid electric cars. And this, I think this we story... need like old, good old fashioned gasoline powered. So this Preferably is, gasoline from so Texas. This is, I think, interesting. Why do the right wing hate Tesla? And they do. They hate Elon Musk. Because it's connected to climate change, and they don't believe climate change exists, but they kind of do, but they don't want to believe it because they really want more fossil fuels to be extracted from the earth so that they can enrich Exxon. Okay? Moving on. Yep. That's it. It's not really... So here's the nugget of truth on that. I like to say, so they hate them because they feel that the government picks winners, Mm -hmm. right? And that when they give... That Tesla gets unfair breaks... That hurt. I mean, that is so interesting in a world where the former head of Exxon is now the Secretary of State. Mm. Yeah, I can see that the government is totally not on the side of energy companies. All right. right, So number three. So this was uh, a story that is is still around, but I loved this line. So he said his vegan diet meant that when he came into camp last season, he looked like Friday from Treasure Island. So this was a story in Breitbart. And I like this because... 
Uh, I think it's pronounced vegan, by the way. Vegan. Yeah. That was vegan? like a fancy Connecticut pronunciation. Vegan. You're in, you're in Connecticut. It's, it's vegan. We don't see those people, so we don't really know. <laughs> You've never heard that word <laughs> before. Like, we have to go all the way to Brooklyn to find there's those people. Of, so There's a lot of vegans. There's just vegans. Um, so who who were they came saying? Came into camp. Came into camp. Huh. Looking like Friday from Treasure Island. Yeah. I, I, and the hint is that this is a racist statement in oh. Friday. Um, I can't think of anyone coming into camp. I don't know. Um, who could, who somebody that, that they all hate, like they hate the most. Uh, in camp, think about sports. It's a sports camp. Kaepernick? Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. I'm going to give you a check for that. Oh, That's right. So here's what I loved about that. And this is the bonus point. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that uh, sentence? That analogy? Yes. Um, could it be possibly that, that Friday is in fact a character from Robinson Crusoe? That's exactly right. Yes. Bing, bing, no, bing, bing, so bing. Now, like, you're, now you're talking my language. That's exactly... I was like... there. So there were like... 300 comments on that one and I was like is no one going to say the Fridays from Robin Scarusso like everyone was like Colin Kaepernick blah 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 and I was like and I'm like I was an English that's why major we're here. that's why we're here to no, sell the important nobody errors. said that and right. it really actually upset me and then I then I had to decide well am I going to go on Breitbart now and put my name in on Facebook as like, and then, like what is that going to do to my whole person <laughs> so I can't get yeah. in there and do say not, the obvious do not comment please yeah so anyway Friday was not from Treasure Island um <laughs> But you got two now, two correct. I'm mean, not so good. Who addressing Steve Bannon in a White House presser? That's a that's a term of art. Presser. Yeah, I I listened to the radio. Uh, said winners make policy, losers go home. Who said that? I mean, who said that? To, to, wait, are you? Is this just a trick question where you're trying to get me to say the president's name? You know, you can say the president's name. I know I can't. Is that who you think? We already it is? discussed that. Is that who you think it is? I'm gonna make that my guess. That winners make now, policy and losers go home. That sounds like something he would say. Yeah. Do you think that that though sounds like? A nice thing to say or a not nice thing to say? It's not a nice thing to right. say. Right. And so, remember, this is Breitbart. So they, this is somebody that they... Well, wait, they were saying they this is make, a mean thing to say. So they want to they make mm. you feel like yeah, this no, is I a bad I don't know. Uh, that's Mitch McConnell. Mitch oh, McConnell said that. Like and then, oh, so then, of course, so they go... It's confusing because he is a Republican. Yeah. And... But they still don't like him. They okay. don't like him. That, so I got that one wrong. All right. Oh, I like this one. So according to President Trump this week, Ugh. blank doesn't exist anymore. He said um, this. Christmas. No. Oh. Damn. No, I think we still have that. Oh, but he keeps saying that it's, you know, under siege. I don't think he does. No, he does. Well. He said, we're not going to say he didn't happy come holidays up anymore. We're going to say Merry Christmas again. <laughs> we're bringing Christmas back because there's not enough Christmas in this country, Andrew. Yeah. That's because there's 75% like, of global religious yeah, persecutions are like Christmas. There's not like 7 million Christmas tree stores that are open like anyway, all year long. Anyway, uh, no. What doesn't, what doesn't exist anymore? I don't know. Obamacare. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. So I'm going to Okay, we're next. not even... We can't even get in. That would be like another hour's discussion. <laughs> oh, here's another one. So number six, you've got two out of okay. five. Uh, according to Breitbart, blank had thousands of empty seats this week. I thought this was fascinating. Thousands of empty seats. Yeah, this is sort of like part two of the... Um, remember the Trump um, inaugural where they're like yeah. arguing about they're how big obsessed. the crowd is? They're obsessed. They're obsessed. We're talking about the size of crowds It's all about again. ratings. It's all about ratings. Yeah. So something liberal that they hate had lots of empty seats. Right. Oh, God. Um, this is very gettable. Oh, it's like on the tip of my tongue. I can't, it I is. don't know. It's the NFL. Oh, my God. Right, because they're not. Yeah, because they're taking knees. So, so people are supposedly not coming. Mm. I don't believe that, but that's what they say. Well, you know, it doesn't actually matter what's true anymore. Yeah, no, it just exactly. matters what they you sort say. Of they, show, they show a picture, like, and you're like, was this picture taken, you know, 
30 minutes before the game yeah. or an hour? Or like even. three hours after the game ended. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird that people weren't still sitting in their seats <laughs> yeah. three hours after the end of the game. It's classic. Yeah. Okay, so um, so I liked this one because I didn't hear this story anywhere else, and it's sort of interesting. Oh, yeah. I think right now you're going to see us stay in the Iran deal, said blank, during oh. an interview on NBC's Meet the Press, which was contradicting yeah. Trump. Who said that? Mattis. No, Mattis. Tillerson. It was one of the people, one of like the good guys, the few almost good guys. You're going to give it to me? No? Nikki Haley. Oh. Who apparently they... Did you know that she and Tillerson hate each other? Yeah. I, I actually really like Nikki Haley. I think she would make a great something, but um, I get the sense that they're not fans of Nikki Haley either. But I, I think she's Someone's doing, got Someone She's doing her. an amazing... I think she's doing a great job. All right. Job. So but she we'll says we're going to stay in the Iran deal. All right. So, but, but maybe... That's, okay. So here's my... And I, I have to say the one good thing about this politic podcast is I've been starting to read Ann Coulter and oh I God. kind How of can you call that a good I kind of love Ann Coulter I and so bad I can't for I, you. I, I I never really so this is what I love about Ann Coulter is like I start to see how like conspiracy theories and like wacky ideas appeal no get started okay like it's it's almost like seeing the you know the sausage getting made where you're like <laughs> sure that is so fascinating so Although, this was, you know guessing the sausage getting made was like something nobody wanted to do or should ever do but i i do i, do. Right, I like right. that so so here we go so ann coulter and this is, is so genius so she said um first of all that like um she pointed out first of all that making million the guy who did the shooter in las vegas uh-huh. made supposedly made millions made, playing video poker and she's like that's not possible right like because oh, if you play if you played poker. all these games you're gonna lose it's 99 percent, okay. right so like there, there's no way to win money make playing video poker okay um according and to then and then she said he he was wearing gloves mm-hmm. and why would he be wearing gloves if he was going to shoot himself and then he said um she said she said maybe she she said that uh <laughs> And then actually, there's also another story, like the security guard, I guess, has disappeared, uh-huh. right? So that the idea that like that he was part of it. Says Ann Coulter. Says, so she, this is my theory. Like Her theory is, what do you think, what was her theory about what was really going on? In the, and it's, it's, I mean, it's genius. How did he make money? Yeah, how was he making money? Because and, it couldn't have been video poker, and he was wearing gloves. And he was Wait, wearing... Wait, are we playing Clue now? This sounds like a yeah. game of Clue. It was in the library with a wrench. What, what if it's... Here's here's what I would say. Like, so you take all these little random pieces yeah. and then you build them together. Right. So just to, tell me, just tell me. But you know the answer. Ridiculous. But theory. you know the answer. What what of course is it really? That he's making money doing. No, like, that that all of this is is being covered up because it's really know. a what? Of course, know. it's an Islamic terrorist oh, thing, right? And he must have gotten. So his he's money getting from his ISIS. money from money laundering. From Islamic terrorists. I still and, don't get the gloves. What do the gloves have to do with oh, it? Oh, so then she said, and this is my favorite thing I've ever seen. She said, well, what probably happened actually was that he didn't do the shooting, but that some Islamic terrorist maybe oh. came in, shot all the people, put gloves on him, and like, and I was like, that is... So thank you. You've given me another reason not to ever read Ann Coulter. Because that's I, it's ridiculous. It's so, that's so... But there are a lot of people who believe her, So crazy. Well, what what she does that I think is so interesting is she takes like one or two things that kind of make you go like, huh, yeah, why would he wear gloves? And make you be like... Yeah. And then like brings it over to this other thing. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's how you do that. That's how you actually like mm-hmm. get somebody to shoot up a pizza restaurant. Right. Is you, you take these two or three yeah, things... and you tie it together. Uh, I, I really enjoy Although I think you're giving her a little too much credit. I really enjoy it. No, no. I think you really have to acknowledge you don't become, that the people who believe those things are not firing on all cylinders. 
Yeah, but you don't become the person who figures out how to do that without having... You know, manipulating people is a skill. It's a skill. Far right when... Uh, this, you probably did read the New York Times. The youngest leader of a major country. What country? Austria. Exactly right. I've seen The Sound of Music. Wonder Wizzy is what they call him. Oh, dear. Which is great. I'm so sorry for him. Because when you really make it... Only they, because of the nickname. Wonder Wizzy. I like that. And then finally, number 10. Uh, uh, so you got that one. So you have one, two, three, four points. <sighs> I was so close. In Brooklyn, yeah. this is one close yeah, to home. I, you probably know this one. Using a mach- There's a machine that costs $14,000, and you can buy one of these for $18. An espresso. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was right. Yeah. Yes. Home advantage. Home field advantage. <laughs> An $18 coffee. And, like, and also, I guess you can buy And I guess Breitbart thinks that's $55 abs- absurd. Well, what, how much is coffee in Greenwich? It's not $18. I mean, it isn't in my neighborhood either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I knew it anyway. Well, that is episode two. Yeah, I think we're we, gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, and we'd like to thank Haley the dog who. Uh, oh God. I think this was better than our first one anyway, so I'm glad that she ruined the the first yeah. cut. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to thank uh, uh, all of our listeners, uh, especially Toby. Uh, we, we really appreciate you being <laughs> there for us and listening to the end. And. Um, I guess we're gonna try to do one next week. Yeah, so we we'll... may even have like a we may even have a special guest. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna bring in some more voices here. Hint, Revolutionary War General. Mm. That's a hint. That doesn't. All right. That doesn't help me at all. That helped no one. That's like like the bad hints that I did on my <laughs> Valentine's Day in college. Where like here's an obscure hint that maybe you'll get when I anonymously send this. So if you I... can figure out based on that clue. Revolutionary War who General. Who our guest might be next week? Yeah. You win our prize. You win our prize. Yeah. Bye-bye. We miss you. Bye.